0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A friend once remarked that fly fishing is a gadget-intensive hobby. Well, yes it is it's gadget intensive and it's gear intensive and even though Dave and I try to use our gear until it wears out there always seems to be a piece of gear we need to replace or add so today we're talking about gearing up for a new season we both plan to purchase some new gear or in some cases we've already purchased that perhaps our conversation today will remind you of something you need to replace or acquire uh, maybe there will even be an unexpected insight into what works and what doesn't. Uh, maybe we'll give you permission to buy something more expensive than you might have. <laughs> we
1: always give you permission <laughs> to buy gear and the
0: you know the more that you can, the better. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> But we'll help with the economy side of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, boot up your laptop, go to Orvis or Bass Pro or Cabela's or Sims and dream along with us. (laughs) So, Dave, what's something that you're going to buy or that you've already purchased for the the new season?
1: I recently purchased another duffel bag. It's a Patagonia Guidewater 2. I got it for half price, which is why I purchased it. Uh, for my boots and my waders. So what I really like about it is it has two sections and uh, and so I can put my wet waders in one, on one side and on the other side I can put my boots and any other gear that I want. It's not that long. It's probably, what, three feet, four feet long? Yeah, yeah, not that long. Um, but it's just perfect for throwing in your waders and your boots and really your wet gear so that you can separate that and them from your dry gear and I will also use it in traveling as well we go to Montana just maybe
0: I'll throw my waders in there throw my boots in there that's one of the considerations isn't it I mean if we're well not that we're going to trash your uh, Honda Pilot but when you have a rental car especially you don't want to be putting muddy boots and dirty waders throwing in the back all the time and then on the way out, you've got to clean this. It really is nice to have something that will do that.
1: And actually, when I got home after our trip, it was so nice. I just pulled those waders out, put them in the sun because it was still, well, the next day it was yeah. sunny out mm-hmm. here. And, um, and then scrubbed off my boots to make sure I got all the mud and stuff off the boots. Mm-hmm. And then dried them out and then put them back in. So back into that Duffel bag. So it's the Patagonia Guidewater Two. I think it must be last year's model, mm-hmm.
0: which is why I got it for half price. That's a great approach. Good night. I mean, I'm I'm sure Dave that you would be a lot better off if you had this year's model, but <laughs> no, really, it, absolutely, I would be. Yeah, that's that's something that we do, isn't it? We we look at those closeouts. We have some, uh, you know, we have some fly shops and and even even some of the bigger. Uh, uh, you know, it could be Orvis or it could be Cabela's. I look at their closeouts. You never know. Well, I do that with rods.
1: I did that with my last rod, mm-hmm. the Sage rod yeah. that I have. Uh, we'll talk about that yes. later. Um, but I, yeah, it was a. It was, they were closing out the line, and I'm more than happy to pay 200 bucks less or whatever yeah. it is and and get a really good rod.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe this would give, be a good place to talk about our approach to duffel bags. I mean, I have, uh, I've got this cheap Hodgman. Uh, bag that i've used for years for but what i like about it and the zipper is broken on it and they, they don't make it anymore but it actually had side pockets for your boots and it had the the webbing or kind of the open air um, uh, netting, and, of yeah, some netting sort, yeah. so that that it breathes and i loved it because i put the boots in there i could put the waders in the middle and i could get my vest and my net and i would throw everything into that now i'm now, I'm simply using that for my waders. I, I'm looking at some other options. I, I've been throwing everything, including that, and then my rods and, and reels and uh, clothes and everything else, into an Eddie Bauer duffel suitcase with rolling wheels. And, you know, when we travel, I can get everything in that. And then you know, when we get to the stream side, I just uh, I kind of separate those. You can get almost
1: everything in. I think every time we go to the airport, <laughs> you're pulling stuff out because you yeah. reaches over the fifty pound oh, limit. Man. No kidding. It's fifty one pounds, and he's I like know. scrambling to pull stuff out yeah, and give me gear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh,
0: what about you? When you when we travel, when we fly, what's your uh, what's your approach?
1: So I generally have. Uh, really two bags. Now I'll have that guide water. I'll put all my um, the weighting and probably even my mm-hmm. net and my boots in that bag. And then the other bag, I have my satchel. I don't use a vest. I use a satchel. I have my satchel. I have anything that has to do with flies. I'll have I have to' we'll put my clothes in there, for example. I, I switch out. I have you know all the summer clothes, obviously the light summer gear right. that you have. But then I'll also have the gloves and that. So I I, I tend to pack it when I when it, when I'm storing it, mm-hmm. everything goes in there. But when I'm on the trip, yeah. then obviously I separate out what kind of trip it is. Last fall we were out to Montana, warmer clothes. And it was right. it was pretty chilly on a couple of those days. So you have so I have my mm-hmm. vest and, and different types of clothes. So I really carry I really deal with I have two bags, two duffel bags. And I move
0: gear in and out of those as I as I go fishing. Now I realize this isn't the most exciting uh, topic of conversation, but we've learned, haven't we, over the years that it really is important to have a system for uh, kind of the way you store your stuff. It just makes it easier to find yeah, it. Yeah, it sure does. Um, you can you can get away with a little bit less storage if you're uh, if if you think ahead and. We travel a lot. You know, we fly to Montana. We we drive to the Driftless. It's it's not like the old days where we both maybe live just. Uh, you know, a mile or so from the rivers where we were going to. Or an fish. hour away right.
1: right when i lived in colorado i have hour
0: hour and a half yeah. and you're up on the river and you just throw stuff into yeah. your truck and, i mean and, we still use duffel bags then but we're a lot more intentional and thoughtful now well, i and
1: i envy those of you who live you know within an hour of good water um that's that's actually one of the great losses <laughs> of living yeah. in the chicago area so that's but very, it's, it's forced us to think differently about how we how our gear travels yeah that's
0: right so steve what other gear have you purchased recently you know i something i didn't purchase but some gracious friend gave me this as a gift and they wanted to give me a gift uh, kind of for a certain uh, you know anniversary uh, kind of work related anniversary and they they checked with dave you know unbeknown to me i didn't even know they realized uh, you know, who you were. And I think it's because of the podcast, but they checked with you and they got me a fish pond net and it's, it's a beauty. I've been uh, wanting to try one of these. It's a long handled net and both, uh, you and I have used the, the smaller handheld net yep. for years and, and it, it's nice cause you just, uh, you, we use the magnetic clips, but it's on the back of, of our, uh, vest or, or f- whatever we're, we're, jacket that we're wearing and uh, uh, it's great, but, but I've noticed sometimes friends that we fished with, our friends in Montana, Dave and Doug, they, they take along a long-handled net and it's, it's not that much larger, but wow, it's sure a lot easier just a longer handle uh, when you're by yourself. Uh, you can just reach that out further. You don't have to get the fish so close to you.
1: Yeah, I, I watched uh, our friend Dave out there. Uh, I have several videos of him actually netting yeah. fish. Mm-hmm. It's so smooth. He actually doesn't even bend down, really, or at least his knees don't bend. He's able just to reach down. He's also very tall, but he's able to reach down with that longer handled net. It's very smooth and and. and and release the fish quickly. I just the way he does it with that net. It made me want a net. Now I don't yeah. have one, but when your friend uh, contacted me and they said, "Hey, we'd like to do a, we'd like to have a gift for Steve," and I said, "Hey, how about some Sims waiters?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> they said, "Well, I don't think we're looking yeah, to spend yeah. that amount of money," yes. but uh, I did get them to do the fish pond net. Yes,
0: and I was I was touched by that. And then later I thought. You recommended that because you want me netting your fish. <laughs> you figure, I'll be so excited. with I want to use this net, but hurry up and catch one, Dave. Uh, that's great. I know how your mind works. Oh, man. So I know that long handle means a little bit more weight and bulk, but, but it's going to be easier to reach. So I'm, I'm anxious to try it and just to see how it, uh, how it works, uh, hauling that in. Well, you don't use a net in the driftless, do you? No, I don't. That's a great point. Uh, you you bring yours along, but I typically uh,
1: will still bring it along. Yeah. Although the other day it kept uh, the magnet the magnet, excuse me, uh, kept releasing, and so it kept dragging behind me. And I was wondering, you know, do I really need a net on the drift list? But I typically yeah. will will bring along a small net.
0: Well, for nine to eleven inch fish, it's not that big a deal. But hey, you caught that? You caught an eighteen incher uh, last summer in the very area that we fish. Yeah. So. Uh, you, were, you were smart. <laughs> you were smart. <laughs> and lucky. Uh, hey, we want to move on to another uh, purchase that Dave's going to have to make. And and I know this is a harder one. I even said off the air, I said, you know what, we don't even have to talk about this, but uh, we will. So this is uh, a hard moment. I've not told anyone other than
1: my wife and, and Steve this, but I lost both of my fly rods. I had given away a couple fly rods, and I had kept two. Uh, I had an eight and a half five weight, and then my nine foot six, my new Sage. And somehow, coming back from yeah. Montana this fall, I lost both of them. Now it could be that I'm a thoughtless uh, person, and you know, prone to do this. I just there's no not, pattern of yeah, this in my no, life, there right? There isn't. No. So I went to look for my rod the other day, and in the to where I normally keep it, and I couldn't find it. And it, and then it struck me. I don't know that I remember taking it out of the limo that drove me from the airport back home. And so I checked with the limo company, I checked with the airlines, and of course it had been, now it's three and a half, four months. And so basically I've lost both of my fly rods. Yeah, and that's a bummer. I, I thought about, hey, I should go back to those people who I gave my fly rods to and see <laughs> if they can give them back to me. And I oh, thought, well, man. probably not. Yeah. So um, so I'm going to be buying some new fly rods. I'll probably end up buying the new Sage X, I think, at some point. But I may buy a couple, uh, at least one cheaper rod before then. Um, I didn't budget for this. You know, that wasn't the first thing on my list. I yeah. was going to buy some new wading boots this year and maybe even a new set of waders later in the year. But I'm going to kick the can down the road for that. So this was hard. This was yeah. a hard one. Emotionally, I have to tell you, of all the things in my life, losing those two rods and I still think I'm going to find them right I keep yeah. thinking I
0: misplaced them they're in the house somewhere yep. but I have lost them they're yeah. gone and what bothers you most Dave would it be I mean I know that the, the money's part of it is it the uh, is it the emotional attachment to I mean we both know that you know material things are material things and you know big deal but that there are some material possessions that you have a history with. So I don't know, I'm just curious. Absolutely that's true. I think it's all tied up
1: with how I see myself, right? So yeah. losing those two rods is embarrassing. It just yeah. is. And I just have never done something like this. So and in, in those rods, you know, fly fishing for me is is the single thing other than upland game hunting that I right. do with my family, yeah. and I really do more fly fishing than I do upland game hunting. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's the single thing that I've given to myself, ah, vocationally outside of my work, and so mm-hmm. losing those rods was so symbolic yeah, in some that's ways, a good point. right? It kind of it was like a metaphor for, of something, yeah. some dark brooding something. Yeah, so right. um, I'm trying not to. Uh, I'm just trying to forgive myself and move on, I guess. Yeah, so, well,
0: and, you know, we joke around and give each other a hard time, but I think this is one of those times where I've realized, no, that this, this is one that's, this is not the time to, to laugh about that. Maybe we will later. Yeah, but. <laughs> I'm sure we will. It's one thing to break it, snap it off, yeah. do stupid things, but this was... Yeah, that's tough. And, you know, and you're right, you, you don't, that's not like you. I mean, it, but it's a reminder that kind of stuff can happen, and... Uh, You know, after, and this was in preparation to go on, uh, you know, on this most recent trip that we took, first trip of the year into uh, the the Driftless in southeast Wisconsin, and and I went down to get my stuff, and I'm feeling bad for you, and I looked everywhere, I could not find my my wading boots, my foot tractors, I thought, oh no, I, (laughs) I, I, I did the same thing. And then as I'm, I'm down in my basement, I'm down in the furnace room, and then I looked up and I realized that I had uh, I had set them up on some plumbing so that, you know, where they would air dry and, and I, I didn't want them on the floor. So I was like, whew, I, I thought, great, I'm going to be calling Dave and saying, okay, you hey. lost your rods, I lost my boots. but.'" Uh, well, that's what
1: I keep thinking. I yeah. keep
0: thinking that I'm going to find these things. I I'm know. find I, them, I still right? wonder. Yeah, and
1: I think maybe in the next podcast, I'll have, uh, you know, maybe a month from now, I'll have found them. But we'll for right now, they're story. gone. They're yeah. completely
0: gone. So, Man. all right, let's move on to something that's not yeah. so broody no, and brooding. Right. That's right. One more thing that I've thought about, and that is, uh, you know, after the other day, we talked about this in another podcast, but it was that we had a 65-degree day in February. I, I took my chest waiters because... Uh, well, I didn't know what the weather would be like if it would cool down. I mean, when I see a weather forecast for mid-60s, it's like, I'll believe this when I feel it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it happened. So I get there, and and so I you know, had my chest waders, but I didn't want to pull them all the way up. So I kind of pulled them down to my waist. And, and as Dave loves to remind me... I. I was too lazy to use the waiting belt at that point, so they're dropping down the whole time, and Dave's taking pictures. Saging, hey, sagging, sagging butt. Yes, that's just a <laughs> lovely image, isn't it? So it, I've been thinking about this for a while. I thought I'm going to order a pair of waist waiters. So I got online and, and looked, and and uh, I love Sims products. I, I have Sims uh, waiters, and a Sims hat, and Sims chap- chapstick. <laughs> I knew. I beat you to it. I knew you'd rub it in. That's just because we were in the Sims store, and it's the only chapstick brand they have. Sims dental floss. <laughs> oh man! You are kind of brand conscious, I, I have to tell you that. I know, but you'll be proud of me. So I looked at, at uh, Waste Waiters, and Sims has them from, uh, they start at 225, they go all the way up to 450, and I thought... I'm not going to be using these that much. I mean, sim stuff is great, but I, I looked around. I ordered a pair from Cabela's for ninety-nine dollars. Wow! So I'm I'm kind of excited about trying those. I mean, in the driftless, we the only time we get our when we get wet is when we cross the streams at shallow places and chest waders are just too much. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, they, they are. And, and we, then once it gets really warm you just weren't wearing
0: wading sandals, right, yeah, right? When so, yeah, when it's 75-80 we just uh, we wet wade and 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 even then we've seen guys out there on 80 degree days with chest that's waders just on. unbelievable. It's Somebody like, needs oh, to man. to uh, free them. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast and if if you're listening you don't <laughs> have to wear chest waders when it's 90 and you're only going to be wading to your ankles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, it's great time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, Bob recently asked this question in response to our podcast on Fly Fishing Physics 101. He writes, You mentioned that the rod should end up parallel to the water so that the line can easily shoot out of the guides. But at the same time, I've been told to stop my forward cast higher so that the line rolls out in a tight loop. These two pieces of advice seem to be at odds with each other. Would you mind explaining your casting mechanics in more detail to reconcile stopping your forward cast abruptly enough to get a tight loop with getting your rod parallel to the water? Uh, first, I want to say casting mechanics. That's probably too kind of <laughs> an expression for what I do. But seriously, I, and I should have clarified this but I only use the rod parallel to the water technique when I have to get distance. I'm out on the Missouri in Montana and uh, you know I'm fishing that tailwater section that's uh, there's just a lot of water and so I will use it then. Now even then I will pull up my rod tip near the end of the cast and that enables uh, a bit tighter loop but on shorter casts, yeah there's no need to bring a rod down so it's parallel to the water. Uh, in in these cases, I do precisely what uh, you know what Bob has been told. I, I stop my forward cast higher to get that tighter loop, and I also find that this enables a softer landing in the water. And we've talked about this about especially
1: if you're dry fly fishing and casting downstream. You definitely want to lift that tip up so that the fly has more runway and it lands yeah. softly on the on the stream, and then it has more time to drift. Fishing smaller streams and tight circumstances and tighter situations, you're not going to be having that rod parallel to the uh, parallel to the river on the final forward cast. Right,
0: absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today. What gear are you looking to acquire? Please tell us by going to twoguysinarever.com and commenting on this podcast link. What do you think will be your next purchase when it comes to fly fishing gear? And I'd also like your recommendations
1: on something that you found that you really like. Yeah, uh, Maybe exactly. a surprise, something that's not typically considered or normally thought of i'd love to know uh what you found that really works yeah we really would so you can find two guys in a river pretty much everywhere on instagram facebook twitter itunes stitcher and of course you can always visit our website twoguysinarever.com we do publish a new episode and one new article each week on our website
0: well thanks again for listening i'm steve matthewson and i'm dave getz until next time we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing.